And we're recording. Welcome to the Tim Biscuit Podcast, but it's not only the Tim Biscuit Podcast, we're doing something called a Sharecast, aren't we? So, do you want to introduce your podcast as well? So we- also listening to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Uh, my name is Mark Steves. Thanks for having me. That's good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I see you've got your coffee. I've got my tea. It's... um. It's a, what, what what time is it? It's like half eight now in like the UK. What sometimes is it there? You're five hours behind, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, three thirty right now. Uh, I don't know what that is in military time, but yeah, three thirty. Oh, let's see, fifteen, fifteen thirty. <laughs> cool. <Easy>. So, <laughs> so what should we talk about? Do you have the subject in mind, didn't you? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, obviously. We kind of, uh, you know, for those listening who don't know this, we kind of got to know each other over the whole um, Crowley subject, because as I'm doing the research to uh, to do this episode that's already been released on Tinfoil Hat, you know, I'm just kind of enveloped in Crowley information, doing research, listening to podcasts. And, you know, you were following, I think it was the podcast zero, you know, the Instagram I I worked for Sam new uh podcast and i don't know if it was like you reached out to me or vice versa but either way i got on to this that you're you know you had this bolskin box the boleskin box from the boleskin house where crowley did his um ritual of abramelin so you know it, it was just kind of the more i get into this stuff the more i notice the synchronicities in the world and you and i meeting you know all the way across the atlantic ocean this is one of those moments cuz here i am doing all this research on crowley getting books and stuff and you're over there and tell me a little bit more about um what exactly you have the bolesket box there well i was looking for a different box to open just for purely shits and giggles on like my youtube channel and then i noticed this box to be fair i will get it out because i've got it in this case and i'll just show you all um and that's it there Ooh, (laughs) very creepy (laughs) so i i i got that on um ebay and the reason why i asked like sort of found that one on ebay because it didn't look like it was all covered in wax it didn't look like a fake it had a, a, a like a six-pointed star on it which is i thought was the star of david then it introduced me to the seal of solomon yeah. and then that led me down the path um so i paid about 97 pounds for it plus a bit extra for postage um and it's like sort of went from there i sort of in, in, like investigated Bolskin house um there was a smart i mean i've done videos on it. i've done six videos um, and everyone said the wax looks too new uh this looks too new that looks too new um but then I've, I've, I, I was speaking to someone yesterday and he worked with wax and like he said it's near impossible to tell about wax and paper paper's quite easier because it like sort of turns yellow mm. if um, you put it in to, to the elements but um the box wax had a little gap on Sorry. So what he said is that wax doesn't have any sort of visible aging that you could kind of. He said it's quite ambiguous to tell just from yeah. looking at it because okay. of it's been used. But um, the reason why I got it, as I say, was to open it on a line. And that led me down the whole thing of learning about Bolskin, Alistair Crowley. I don't think I've pronounced Bolskine House, but it, 
it's a, like I've been told it's Crowley, not Crowley, it's Crowley. Um, <laughs> just like to tell people, I've been in contact with like the seller off like eBay since about it's nearly two months now, like sort of sort of month and a half. And what drew me to it, it's not covered in wax. The guy didn't and hasn't dealt in anything like that before. Because if, like, you do notice people who sell these Dubert boxes tend to have paranormal names, they tend to deal in paranormal stuff. This mm. was the first thing. Um, so, I, so I, like, started researching and it had a gap in them, like, the box. So I tried to shake it about and I could see a coin. People said this was bullshit, but it was purely the truth. I could see a coin and it said 1958. So from that that's where the timeline started from 1958 so then you had major edward grant who shot himself um someone on instagram said you don't really want to look at him because he had troubles anyway because he shot himself with a shotgun in alistair crowley's room and that was major edward grant then he said maybe look at jimmy page and i said well why jimmy page and then it took me to jimmy page then i went to keith anger and to cut a long story short this I mean, I did open it and it's got, um, do, do you want to see the sort of things inside? Please, yeah. I will open it. Um, I had to buy a box because all the wax was falling off. So that's it. It's like a hand-carved box. It's, it's all hand-carved. And as you see, it's got the seal of Solomon on and it had wax going around. But it didn't have wax on the back. So I'll just open it and show you quickly what's inside. So you've got a dried, I think it's a, I can't ever remember them. Is it a dandelion? It's not a dandelion. It's not a daffodil. It's a, I have got, I've got the notes here that, um, got a note that the white witch, daisy. Daisy, okay. So, so it's a dried daisy. Um, and then this, Yeah, wow. <laughs> Even that's um, that's wow. got human hair. It's attached to a coin, which is attached to the doll, which is made from amateur wire covered in hessian sackcloth. Yeah. Um, it came with another coin. So this coin is, they're both half pennies, um, ship half pennies, and one's 59 and one's... 58 that's 58 and that's 59 and then it came with a picture yeah and now yeah. I mean, that's me. that's he that's hebrew and then you've got baal now i recognize that instantly because i'm a massive horror fan okay. and that's the that's the demon from sinister okay it's nearly a complete replica um but as with the hair, you can see it's fine human hair, and it's even got a bit of sellotape here to hold it together. Huh. So, it's, so it's been locked to this, and this is called a tag lock, apparently. So you that's. Maybe, you think maybe those two pieces of hair are from different people, and that's why they're taped together like that? Maybe. It's, like well, I'll I'll just show you. It's like it's just like a clump of hair. It's a. Oh, okay, okay. So he's very fine, and to me, I'm no hair expert, but I would say that's a girl's hair. 
Um, and from the first video, all and all that was sealed down against there. Yeah. So and then as you see, it's all burnt. And when did that when did that movie come out um, that that guy is in? That came out in 2012, and the first fire in Balskine House was 2015. Okay. So, to me, from from what I know about Wicca, um, you would seal something like that in wax so that no one could ever see it. You know, once they once somebody opens the box. It's kind of like, in essence, like Pandora's box. Like, it's out of the, you know, it's all gone now. But, like, the magic exists when it's closed and sealed. So so that spell is long gone now. Well, that was found underneath the drawing room floorboards, and it was inside another box. Yeah. So it transpires the drawing room, which is room six, Bolskin Foundation, says that's room six, was actually his artery. Because if you look on plans from originally, there's no door. And he needed a door to open to the north. The north is overlooking Loch Ness. Yeah. So that beca- so that was buried underneath floorboards in his um, oratory, on the, in like the old oratory, which was room six, which was like the drawing room. Yeah. Um, so going back to the timeline of 2012 to 2015, you're looking at the Dutch owners. It like was a private Dutch owners that used it for just a just like a holiday room. Hmm. Now the Dutch owners did have a daughter, the lady, the Dutch lady. I think she deals. I'm sure I read in an article she deals in Japanese car parts, and she's like 74 now. Uh, she, she was born in 54, I think, which makes her 74. And the guy was born in 69, so that makes him 51. So the daughter should be, I mean, I'm 41, so it's quite possible if he had her at 21, I think she'd be 30, is it? So, but that's the timeline, and that would go with the age of the wax and things like that. I didn't even know what pop it was. I didn't know what a taglock was until um, sort of like a weight, like a white witch was helping me out. Um, Going back to the owner again, I said to him, tell me if it's a fake, because I don't mind. It's, it's, it's a good story. I won't. And he, and he said, no, truthfully, it, it was his friend who found it after the first fire, because his friend went worked for a firm that went to assess fire damage properties. And he found it under the floorboards, took it. He didn't feel comfortable with it. He had a run of bad luck where he crashed his car and broke his arm, things like that. Um you can put it down to psychosomatic which is where obviously if like bad luck happens you can relate it to anything he Mm. gave it to the seller the seller kept having bad nightmares about it and his wife didn't really like it so after a couple of months he decided to sell it well i'll tell you i've I've been having a few weird dreams but that's because i've done nearly a month and a half research on everything (laughs) so it's just that um and that so kind the, of that kind of echoes what happened to me with uh with crowley okay so i'll, I'll try to keep this a little short because the psychosomatic angle of it i completely understand you chalking it up to that but in my case 
I'm very aware. I've been aware of this kind of energy stuff for maybe 10 years now. I'm 26. So it was kind of a young age when I got into this stuff. But um, four years ago, I spent around the same price. How much? I don't know how much pounds is converted into dollars, but I spent about $100 on a Crowley book, right? So a lot of money, probably the most expensive book I ever ordered online, you know, and not actually from a store. So I order this book online. I take it uh, to work with me because at the time I worked at a cafe and I had time to read. So I'm standing there at the cafe, the book's under the counter, and it's a big book. I mean, it's Crowley's... Uh, Crowley's Magic, right? It's it's basically a kind of like a compilation of, of mo- a few of his um, Abbas, you know, Lieber Abba. Right. So I have this book with me, and the strangest thing happens. The man walks in. He's very uh, kind of disheveled looking, but he's young, and he's not disheveled enough to look homeless like he had been sleeping on the streets, but in the city where I, I live, in New Haven, Connecticut, there's a lot of homeless people. So when you see someone like that, that's usually what you would you know, assume. So he comes in. I have the Crowley book. He doesn't order anything. You know, Usually people buy their coffee and then sit down. He sits down. He sets up a Bible and electric candles, the kind of candles that you get from like, you know, for, for like a Christmas decoration. So it doesn't yeah. all catch on flame, you know. So he's got these little candles and the Bible, and he's like muttering to himself and scribbling words in between the lines in the Bible. And uh, I was just kind of like, what the hell's going on? So I walk up to him and I'm like, excuse me, sir, you know, you got to gotta buy something to sit here. You can't just use the cafe. So he was like, oh, I was going to buy something. Don't get, you know, he got gave me an attitude. So I gave him, you know, he comes, he gets a coffee. I give him his coffee. And then he's drinking the coffee outside, smoking a cigarette, leaves the Bible, leaves the candles, right? So I'm like, okay, this is weird. I don't want this in the cafe. This seems like he's doing some kind of, because I go over to the Bible and he's writing 666. He's writing Antichrist. You know, all these weird words are popping out that he's writing in between the letters of the Bible. So I take his stuff. And I gently just put it outside the door because he's outside. I figured, you know, maybe that'll get the message to him, like, without a confrontation. Like, hey, this kind of stuff's not welcome here. So he comes back into the cafe with the Bible in hand. And he starts yelling at me, you know, I'm the reincarnation of Charles Manson. And I'm here to I'm here to enslave the spirit of Aleister Crowley. You know, like this big, like, gibberish. You know how, like, what... <laughs> This kind of person, like, where you're not taking them seriously. They're just kind of trying to scare you, you know? But the fact yeah. that he names Aleister Crowley, and I have Aleister Crowley's book, you know, right under me uh, at the counter there, right under the register, it was just so weird. And, and that was the moment where I realized, like, okay, Crowley's some dark stuff. Be careful when you wade into these waters because yeah. there is the energy surrounding him you know and that's maybe what this guy found when he found this box is is he he picked up a little more than he, he bargained for you know and well like do you, i mean like sort of i mean it's got ac in them like the corner the bottom right hand corner it's got and it's got all like ac so like from 1958 i like could tell it wasn't crowley because he died in 47 
But yeah. saying that, I'd like try to do some research to see about everything. So I bought that, which is the lesser key of Sol- um, the lesser key of like Solomon and the Book of Law, just to try and do some research and looked into his rituals to see. And yeah, if you look into the Seal of Solomon, the Seal of Solomon, King Solomon had his ring to control the spirits, talk to the spirits and animals, demons and angels and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But then, I mean, it, that is a bit disappointing that it came so near. But on the other hand, it's not disappointing. Um, the thing that disappointed for me that made me think, I bet it's a scam, was that um, picture. So I took the picture and I said, look, to the guy is this a scam took a picture and he, and he sort of said that looks exactly like it i'm going to message my mate and like if that's true i'm going to be well pissed off because obviously we've been known each other since sort of kindergarten age um and his mate come back said i've got nothing to do with that at all um but i'll just go over some notes like the 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 woman said to me was um it says the puppet with the tag lock is of someone who performed the ritual using their own hair. The coins are to pay the ferryman to take the demon back to where it came from. The flower was from the grounds of the house, probably to invoke. Then flowers do grow at the grounds of Bolskin House. Um, the drawing is to summon the demon and take ownership of it. The seal of Solomon on top of the box is to tell it to go back. The wax on the box is to seal the demon inside. The purpose of the ritual to summon the demon, bind them claim ownership of the daemon and remove their negative influences from the house by sending them back to the underworld and then it's she like goes on about the divot box i mean obviously there's a bit of maybe the divot box is a bit of a fictional thing from um there's that baggins box and like that there's a bit of disparity i think with them like that one the flower she believes is to be a dried daisy probably offering a probably maybe an offering as well to crown himself on the ground of Bolskin and the banks of Loch Ness. The doll is called a puppet, a resin, a, a resin, re, I can't even say it, Repre, representation of a person. The hair attached to it is known as a tag lock, a personal item from the person of intent to bind the spell to that person. In her opinion, the doll would have been a representation of the person performing the ritual and the hair belonging to them also. The coins, the coins may have been found in the house because they are English half pennies. Um, the coins are to pay the ferryman to take the spirit back to the underworld. The dates on the coins might be the year of the person who performed the ritual were born, making them uh, approximately mid fifties. So her dad would have been about mid about mid fifties now. I know he's born. Yeah, he yeah yeah would be about fifty one now. The drawing is the is the Achilles heel of of the box the message in hebrew translates to be careful beware look out watch is in hebrew now i wouldn't have even thought of hebrew if i was to fake something i would have done it in latin and i I wouldn't have put a star of david on it or the seal of solomon because i didn't know about the seal of solomon before i've researched it It just would have been a pentagram and i would have made it a lot scarier the drawing is of bagal from the movie sinister which is 2012 so there from that drawing and it is a perfect red like sort of perfect rep, like representation i think i've like shown you it and like i said before so I'll just get up for the viewers um and the listeners should i say sin oh no it's sin sinister so yeah, obviously you can see it's like a direct copy uh Begul origin is actually based on an ancient deity named moloch 
I don't think I pronounced that right, but that's going to no, be his name. Oh, did I? Cool. Moloch is actually the, uh, you know, about Bohemian Grove, right? Funny you should say that, because I've got a book on Bohemian Grove. Um, yeah, Moloch is like the big owl statue that they, you know, burn the sacrifice for. And Moloch is like, a, you know, a biblical god of, of child abuse or something yes. like sacrifice, right? He's like the god so, of sacrifice. It, she said it's like sacrifices to Moloch by the people of Israel were to burn children. Then he consumes the souls of the children and can travel into human realm via images of himself. Baal, mm. a black-hearted demon masquerading as a god. Baal was a title of uh, honorific meaning. Owner, Lord, Baldova, demon. The red wax across the drone is to bind the demon and claim ownership of it. That's just one theory I've got. I didn't know anything about a taglock and a um, taglock and a puppet. I've studied the paranormal for most of my life, but witchcraft... To be truthful, it's never really interested me. Wicca's never really interested me. The concept of it is way too complex, like, excuse me, way too complicated to get even into. There's loads of things you've got to do proper rituals, like the proper times of the month. It's really handled like recipe for. Oh no! Oh, are we still there? You yeah, I, I think I got a. I, I guess Skype uh, pauses our call if somebody calls my phone, so I'm it sorry. It will do, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I've, I've like had that before. So, yeah, so he went back to the person who found it, and mm. there's too much coincidence with it. The, like, guy who sold it didn't know about room six, the drawing room, the door being put in facing to the north, this, that, and like the other. And that hair is very fine, it's, and it's like, probably not like my coarse hair on my head or anything. So, I I think, I did say in, like, the end video that it's probably done by maybe a teenager, mid-twenties person, who's, and who's into the whole lore of Alistair Crowley and Bolskin House, maybe knows a bit about witchcraft, maybe studied for maybe five years, and is a horror fan, maybe try to do a curse, maybe try to possess someone got someone's hair or they did maybe try to be because obviously going back to Crowley when he did his guardian angel you have to invoke the 12 kings and jokes now Mather called him off to Paris halfway through and he didn't finish that apparently he finished it in Egypt but did he get anything in also Baal is mentioned in the lesser keys of King Solomon so with that being said and the six pointed star it it's a lot of effort to go to for the amount of money I paid. So it all, so to me, it all fits. And like people are saying, well, if it was in a fire, wouldn't it be fire damaged? And I repeatedly said it was found within another box under the floorboards because someone else first said, could it be a witch bottle? And I thought, what's a witch bottle? I've never heard of this. And then I started researching witch bottles. Then witch bottles can be full of piss, urine, well, urine, uh, menstrual blood, things like that fingernails and that's to protect a property but yeah. then it transpired it's probably not that because it's got the voodoo doll which is a pop it is a voodoo doll um and it's not a bought one off etsy because the wire wrapping around the like sort of um the cloth it like sticks out and you can easily cut yourself it's also got a got a pungent smell i've just handled them i can still 
smell it. Now, initially, I thought, what is that smell? And I messaged the owner, and like he said, well, the thing is, because he goes in, he cleans out things and assesses fire damages, he sometimes cleans items up. So it's probably the polish. But I've opened it up, and it stinks of the same thing. So someone said it could be petroleum. Petroleum? Petroleum. So that's where I'm at. The Inverness Courier has done a bit on it, and they are doing a follow-up on it. So I'm just hoping the universe will show the owner or whoever did it. It'll get back to them. Mm. But my main concern was, because I didn't know anything about Alistair Crowley. I thought, oh, it's going to be good, this. We think it's a homage to him. So who and whoever did it tried to maybe clear something up. Then I started reading about the 12 Kings and Jerks, and I thought, oh, fucking hell, what have I actually done? And I got quite worried. So that's why it took me so long. And like someone said, well, why have you done the videos in so many parts? And I said, I'm learning it. And I'm like, sort of, as I'm finding out, you're finding out. I even yeah. took the box to a, um, I, t- I'll just, I took it to an antiques guy. Uh, we've got an antiques place in a, a town called Cleethorpe. So I like live in a place called Grimsby. And I took it to this guy who's an antique person and he signed it and dated it. And he said, viewed box, it's hand-carved, dark wood, possibly Holy Land gift. The wood looks like laburnum wood, hinged, so it possibly could be used as a cigarette case, a cigar case, or a card case. Um, Mm. It's probably within the last 20 to 40 years. Now, that's where I found it a bit, because I thought, is that with the wax on, or is that the box in general? Or is that the age of the box now? Or was it made in the 40s, 50s, with the coins in it? So that's where I got confused from the timeline. So I think he meant maybe with the wax on it, which is 20 to 40 years. But, but I don't know, because obviously if it's 2012 to 2015, and he said he couldn't really tell the age of the wax. He's, he's just guessing off the box age, I think. Um, and then he just said it's attempted at wax seal. And he signed it. And his, um, I don't think he's actually dated it, to be fair. But oh, he's, yeah, August 2020, I'll... I'll Alexander Antiques, Cleethorpes, North East Lincolnshire. Then he signed it there. So then he's put that on a carbon copy receipt. So I've put that in the box. Um, so that's as far as I've got. So I've tried to get as much information as I can because I was hoping it'd be like Crowley or maybe Jimmy Page or Keith Anger or someone said Keith Dent, Kenneth Dent, Keith Dent, I think, who... Um, well, it's Dent. It's Kenneth anger that's he's, it he's the guy who was associated with jimmy page he was a hollywood director and made the movie lucifer, lucifer riser riser another guy with the same similar name i think his name is kenneth grant and kenneth grant is like a member of uh of like the satanic church and was um you know a pen pal with alistair crowley and they exchanged information on magic rituals and whatnot, and he wrote a book about him. Well, Jimmy um, Jimmy Page had a friend staying there as a caretaker, Dent. Mm. So there's all these people researching the back, looking at Kenny Thanger to see if there's anything in them pictures. But it turned out it's maybe a lot newer, 2012 to 2015. So I'm just hoping in a way Is she, it? they get oh she gets to see it, because I'm pretty sure it's a girl... Don't ask me why, I just think it's the hair. 
or yeah. like maybe the guy tried to get his wife over the door who knows but all I know is that wasn't meant to be found um, yeah and that's that's quite the scary thing because that was buried underneath the floorboards within another box which made people think was it a witch bottle in his oratory which also made it because like if like someone wants to sell something in my view they would have said oh it, that was found in his oratory where he did his spells but it wasn't it was just found in the drawing room drawing room it took me ages to find out that that was his oratory so if you do look at the plans it has got a door that is put in that opens to the the north north so there was something else i was going to say but i can't remember now but yeah that's as far as i've got right like you know so yeah. it, it like he's like it is what it is now so or if you could clear up one thing i'll give you you know what i as much as it's worth what my theory on it is um so just this one thing so the box it's underground under the floorboards right not underground it's within the building it's it it was under the floorboards within another box that that box was buried but it's not exposed to the earth it's within the the physical building itself yeah and then um during the fire was like afterwards was there a period of time where it was kind of like a vacant building where kids teenagers might have stumbled into it and kind of found well the fire is an interesting one because the first fire in 2015 no one knows how it started apparently it started in the kitchen but the cat they do not know what started it so we've just put down overheating unlike the 2019 fire I mean, you're not the first person to say that about someone could have come in and put it on, like, sort of underneath. Boltskin House Foundation said, well, we, like, had a look in the drawing room in 2019 and there was nothing there. And I said, but this was found in 2015, so there would be nothing there. But they said, well, that could be possible then because the floorboards wear up. But that's a point, as, as, like, you've said but if it was a company that went in to assess the fire damage i would have thought it'd been a space of maybe a few weeks yeah as to to like the puppet and like the actual ritual i will say you know it does get a little tangled when you're dealing with the subjectivity of like rituals because i mean when you get into this type of Wicca or whatever you choose to call it, this kind of spell making, there's a lot of folk magic. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people who believe in kind of creating your own, um, meaning behind things. So like one person's interpretation of a Daisy might differ completely from another person's. So it does get a little tricky trying to interpret like what what do these physical objects mean as far as the spell that was trying to be cast. And to me, you know, my first instinct, you know, and I may have some details wrong, so this theory might be whacked, but but my first instinct is to me it looks like somebody kind of opportunistically was like oh crowley's house that's powerful i love this girl i'm desperate let me do a spell and this is probably a person who's interested in the occult and all this stuff enough to be able to put together a kind of makeshift spell and like maybe a broken heart i mean i know it's kind of a cheesy excuse but i think you know, a broken heart can make you do some pretty crazy things, like... Uh, uh, yeah. 
house and leave the ex-girlfriend's hair, you know, attached to a popper in a box, you know. So. I mean, the other interesting thing is when they bought the house, the mm. couple, uh, the like people who did it up, it was actually being rebuilt. They like was doing it up. There was rever- there was work being done on the house when the Dutch couple bought it because they was doing it up for their holiday home. So there is that as well. So yeah, it's just one big mystery. I mean, there's, I mean, there's no doubt in my well, there's no doubt that that is a proper ritual. You've just hit the nail on the head. It like can be interpreted in so many times. Was it someone that was trying to get someone possessed? Was it someone who went there after the fire and tried to bind whatever was in there? Was it the daughter that did it? Because it does look like girl's hair. Was it meant to be found? If it wasn't meant to be found that's one thing i'm not too happy about having it if it wasn't meant to be found peter like sort of people have said even if it's from bolskin or not there's a lot of intent gone into that um and like as i say the the like the achilles heel is like is the drawing but if the drawing relates to moloch and if it is someone who's into horror and witchcraft and into the whole lore of bolskin house crowley mathers everything like that you can then see where it's coming from. But um, then the whiteness of the paper and that, so it all does tie back to that sort of time. I mean, it's only five years. It's like, you know, only five or eight years away. And if you put paper away, it can stay that uh, like white. But I don't know enough about anything that side, really. So that's why I asked for help. And like some people were saying it's not done by a serious, serious magician. And I, th- I didn't think it would be because like they said, if it was Baal or anyone they'd like have the sigils or the signal things on and they're like like sort of drawing so someone suggested it maybe it is a wicker or maybe a folk thing and they've tried it their way to sort out whatever was like there but it's a creepy looking thing in sort of general and the fact it's got the seal of solomon on it to, and then that's it if you look back at the history of the seal of solomon it all relates to the golden dawn things like that and it's like they did actually have the like sort of seal salmon on the like the back of the cowls and things like that so after i found it and opened it and did the research i was so glad because i thought it's just doing my head because it's all i thought about research 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 looking at documentaries on like youtube listening to podcasts like you know and like yours and sam's and like all the divot boxes things and it's like such a good it's like over i mean the inverness times rung me up monday and said we're gonna do a follow-up piece you know do that and i said the best thing to do is look at the last video and i'll explain everything and my theory to why it's probably a young person maybe mid well i say young you're like 26 could have even been younger but it would be a teenager into horror into crowley doing some sort of ritual and did that that's or it could be a curse or i might just release the demon and it's in my house i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, to that, uh, you seem to, to know what Crowley did in the house, right? You described uh, how he did the uh, the ritual, and then it was interrupted, and he went to Paris, and he had his uh, marriage with Rose Kelly, and then he did the uh, invocation in the pyramid. But have you heard about his uh, ball lightning attack, where he was attacked by ball lightning? No, 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 no. So Crowley spent some time uh, in New Hampshire, right, which is maybe 10 hours north of where I am. And uh, and up in New Hampshire, 
he was struck by ball lightning. Okay. Coincidentally enough, ball, right? Ball is like this demon. <laughs> and, yeah. and then we call it we call it ball lightning. So he, he gets struck by ball lightning and it, you know, was upsetting enough for him to go and write to the newspaper. I mean, he 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 wrote you know for newspapers magazines articles all that he was a very prolific writer but uh but yeah he he hit up the new york times and said hey i just got struck by ball lightning is this interesting to you guys um so it would not surprise me that whatever dark spirit that he summoned during the abramelin ritual followed him until the end of his life i think that might be why crowley tried to fake his own death multiple times i mean i know a demon probably knows that you're alive even if you fake your own death i think they have ways of telling that <laughs> but but yeah I, it would make sense that he was kind of haunted in that way he tried to fake his own death twice and um and his he's getting attacked by ball lightning and then this house that he did the ritual in catches on fire i mean it's, it's yeah i mean so par for the course with whatever that demon's up to I mean, also from the very start, before Bolskan House was there, a kirk, which is a church, was built on there. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've mentioned in um, on the Tinfoil Hat podcast that the congregation in the church all burnt down and they all perished. Uh, even there's been accounts of like a, some sort of wizard raising the dead and like the parish person had to come and like put their animated corpse back in. So it's got a, it's all steeped in history that and like place and it's like i mean going back to your tinfoil hat the tinfoil hot podcast the tinfoil hat podcast he wasn't a stupid guy because he went to cambridge um and sam i didn't even click until sam said oh he's just one of them rich kids who does this and that but it doesn't regardless of that he wasn't a thick person these rituals are really complicated you have to be on the ball i couldn't do one because i'm dyslexic and fit so i would <laughs> i would probably get up a bloody disabled demon knowing my look but he um yeah. like went to cambridge he like obviously from his upbringing he's very regimented in religious so you can understand from a psychological point of view where he just wanted to turn around and say bollocks to you all and obviously that's fashioned the way he was during the end of his life which i'm sure you know he wanted to chill out because he had a he had a son didn't he so in his later life he tried to calm down and things like that and as you say he did that um ritual in the pyramid where he didn't get in contact um but then he took glucogenics he took like ayahuasca and things like that so it comes if you listen to joe rogan when you smoke dmt everyone seems to see the same gray alien egg so is that what he saw he didn't take ayahuasca we should clear that up because Ah, uh, right that's when required did read. Ayahuasca is relatively new to the Western zeitgeist of drugs. You know, I mean, right. I don't think white people used ayahuasca until Michael Harner. He might have been the first Western person to use ayahuasca in a traditional ceremony. He went, he's an anthropologist, went to uh, study in, um, I think it was Colombia. But uh, anyways, he was using peyote, peyote mescaline. Which is, well, which is in some respect 10 times stronger than DMT because DMT only lasts, you know, a short time. 
ayahuasca obviously is a much more intense process because you're taking the dmt in a, in a much stronger form but uh peyote can have people on like three four day um hallucinations right. that's the type of drug it's about the cactus it's about the cactus peyote yes so i got that one wrong but yeah so so I, is it possible that he did cross the veil i know like we people say that crosses the veil i've heard reports of that so like yep. all these psychedelics do they like do the veil and well, did he enter something i know um so on my journey this kind of was the big step for me right i met this guy his name is amos he came to new haven connecticut because skull and bones robbed the grave of geronimo geronimo is one of his ancestors so he spends time in New Haven praying for his ancestor. So he and I met. He started teaching me a lot about uh, Southwestern uh, Native American culture. And he's done peyote. It's a part of their tribe, you know, their uh, adult becoming an adult ritual, becoming a man. Women can do it, too. But um, when he was under the influence of peyote, he told me that uh, when he did this peyote ceremony, he went under the earth for two days into this like under earth realm that only his tribe, you know, has access to because they have this ancient relationship with these beings. And there he was like basically in commune under the influence of peyote with a goddess who took the form of like this reptilian woman. So, you know, yeah, Native Americans, I mean, they do that exact thing where they take peyote and they use it to commune with, you know, entities. And who knows if, I mean, the Native Americans speak highly of these entities. They obviously are in a somewhat of a beneficial relationship with them. But if you know anything about Skinwalker Ranch, I would say that they're not fond of, uh, of non-indigenous uh, people, you know, they're, they're kind of uh, territorial in that sense. but. To, to bring it back to Crowley, you know, he was definitely interacting with um, other other entities because him and um, Edward Kelly, Rose Kelly's brother, um, was they were translating the Enochian language of the angels. Are you familiar with this? No. So um, the Enochian language, it's kind of like this really kind of stylized latin looking language that john d basically channeled now john d for those who don't know is the royal astrologer in the queen's court from the 1700s very famous you know uh for kind of creating espionage for Qu queen elizabeth there i think it was queen elizabeth but um you know th this enochian magic like you said very complex stuff crowley uh, was obviously a very intelligent man. And I should say, you know, after the people who commented on the tinfoil hat podcast, I have to say this every time I talk about Aleister Crowley, he's a bad guy and I don't like him. Okay. So let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> well, I text you and I am said, I sort of get what you mean by an iconic and I compared him to Hitler, like some Hitler. I was yeah. understanding where like you was coming from, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I get it. You can't, you can't compliment someone like Hitler or Stalin or Crowley without a thousand people saying, you know, you're you're a defender of, of that kind of person. It's it's ridiculous. But, but you know, like, sort of on the, I mean, like their iconic 
in their field. That's yeah. historic. Crowley's historic in the like world of witchcraft. Hitler's mm. historic in the way the world's been shaped now. So is Stalin. And we're still going to have mad, crazy people like that. Only because that's a modernised box or whatever's going now with this bullshit virus thing. It's all modernised, but it still all stands back to crazy, evil people ruling the world. Mm. And want to rule and power. And that's all it is. It's power. And just in this life, this life should be about love. And it's a test for love because when we die, we, we do go into a higher plane. I'm sure of it. So that's from an idealistic point. No, and that's the crux of it, really, is like the powerful people know the truth about the reality of your soul, my soul, our souls, and how we do pass on to other realms. And the fact that they keep us in ignorance about that is to manipulate that science for their bidding and for their own power maintenance and their power control, right? Because it's through their relationship with the so-called angels, you know, the kings were always divine and had divine inspiration what does that mean that just means that the king had some you know alien blokes or some angels you know in his ear that's all it means and that's what Crowley was trying to kind of expose into the light is like oh hey you guys want to talk to angels this is how you do it and and that's kind of what i tried to say on tinfoil hat that caught me some flack is like yeah you, you know some people are evil but nobody's perfect and nobody's perfectly evil so like the fact that that Crowley was evil but he did expose this stuff into the light is something that we have to give him credit for uh amongst you know the few things we can give him credit for <laughs> i mean like i've tried to read that bloody lesser kill simon and it's like sort of mind-blowing i mean it's not a big book but to understand it you've got to be so intelligent and if you're at a level like oxford or cambridge you're at a far higher level than most people will ever will be and he took it that bit of extra further and he introduced psychedelics to rituals and he introduced sex because when you're at sex you have sex you're at a high orgasm level or orgasm level and things like that and if like things start to thin the veil and you're there weird shit does happen and people might not believe that but you sometimes have to accept that where shit happens that we don't understand yeah and and he brought that in to the forefront whether that be when he said things about children and sex and things like sort of things like that it's like that's his thing i don't agree in that bullshit but that's his thing and he i mean he was a very complex man and during the end of his life i think he sort of wanted to chill out because he always wanted a son but he got a daughter i know his daughter died didn't she quite like young yeah, they had they had one unfortunate uh, thing that happened. Because Crowley, you know, traveled across the world and he brought his family along with him. In those days, you know, you couldn't mm-hmm. just leave life at, at the Sheridan. You know, they they had uh, they had very limited um, luxuries as far as traveling. Uh, I'm sure, but yeah, the kid died uh, while they were like traveling through Asia. But he had, I think, he had four children total. So only one of them died at a young age. Yeah, it's it's so strange, and he was such an interesting character. Yeah. But um, yeah. So yeah, who? I just don't know. <laughs> the, the box now, I ain't got any bad feeling like from it. I did open it in salt, but someone said that that won't really protect you. And like, I did like find this guy on like line, and I sent him it, and like, 
I like got his number and like he had WhatsApp and I sent it all to it and like he went, why are you sending me this? I don't want to see this. I'm not even opening your links. You need to get rid of that. People have told me to bury it, burn it, chuck it in the ocean, don't open it and things like that. So I just opened it because I, we had to know what's and like was inside. But to research someone like Crowley and all these rituals and things like that i mean i've just scratched the surface you've done way more than i have i just scratched the surface because i wasn't particularly interested in his life personal life i was interested in his rich like sort of his sort of his ritual life and to see if there was anything that i could link to that box and i was very careful not to go down the path where oh, that could be it and link it and it led me on a wild goose chase so well, I'll, but tell from, you, I'll tell you what you know you have the lesser key of solomon and that I think I have the same book. Um, it's like, it's called like a Goetia. Is that? Yeah. Have you seen that word? So that's kind of like a list of uh, what seems to be demons and, you know, different entities, right? But I've heard that interpreted as like different aspects of your psyche that you're, you know, identifying and banishing. So like when they say like, oh, this is. Uh, Beezlebub, he's the lord of everything gross and nasty. Like, if that guy's coming in your life, maybe it just means you need to, like, clean out your ears and, like, brush your teeth more, you know? Like, that's, (laughs) I think that could be, like, maybe what Crowley was interested in is, like, because he was reading Jung, and if you know anything about Jung, Carl Jung, he was very, you know, uh, pivotal in our understanding of modern psychology because he mm-hmm. kind of identified a lot of the uh, energy that's within your your mind and how it flows through your life and Crowley kind of latched onto that in like a almost a way to perfect yourself to make yourself the best vessel to contact the entities it's just I think where Crowley went wrong was that you know, he just let whatever entity come into his life. I mean, that God, Iwas, right, um, that channeled the Book of the Law, uh, those conspiracy guys um, have this, you know, five-hour-long podcast uh, about Crowley. And they're they're from Ireland. Uh, Gordo, right? Have you, have you heard of this podcast before? No, no, no. You should check it out. Gordo uh, is from Dublin, I believe, or, or somewhere near there. And, uh, yeah, he does a great podcast called Those Conspiracy Guys. They do huge episodes where they're like f- five hours long on Crowley uh, in particular, that episode. But they made a funny joke where Rose Kelly is, you know, in the pyramid with uh, with Crowley and Crowley starts channeling Iwas and uh, Kelly goes like, uh you know, who, who are you talking to Crowley, you know? And he's like, Oh, don't worry about it, Rose. And then he writes the book of the law and, and he's, she's like, who wrote that? And he's like, I was, I was, I was, you know, and it's like, I was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, if you read that word, A A I W A S S, it's like, where the hell did this word come from? I was, who is I was, you know what I mean? It's just, it's such a mystery when you start getting into these entities because it's completely, utterly subjective. I mean, I heard uh, recently on Tim Hat they had a demonologist on talking about how if you do a seance or use a Ouija board and you're thinking that you're going to call like your Uncle Frank who died last year and, and have a conversation with him from beyond the veil, 
you know, you could just be calling any demon who chooses to pretend to be Uncle Frank, you know, and that's that's why I think it's just like when you get into the whole hooted Crowley channel and what is it chan it's very like, you know, up to interpretation still. Well, it's funny you should say about the Ouija board because I've just got one coming it sh- and it should be arriving tomorrow and I'm doing a video of uh, of that because I studied the paranormal. That's something I did study. Uh, a good book to read is... Oh, I just had it with. Anyway, a book's called A Ouija by Stoker Hunter. Okay. Uh, and it, it explains both sides. But um, I think the main thing from the parapsychology world now is that um, it's all to do with the idomotor effect. So, like, it comes from your subconscious. And one of the most dangerous things working with the Ouija board will open up your subconscious, which things will move. Because if, if like, you're of that sort of disposition, it could open your subconscious, which could open up telekinesis, which links to poltergeist effect. Because people think in the past, like, parapsychology world, the poltergeist effect comes from the person. Okay. It doesn't come from an outside source. It comes from the person. I've heard so, where you have like uh, maybe, you know, something that you're not dealing with, some kind of traumatic event in your memory or some kind of like uh, and feeling that you have that needs to be dealt with that will ex- express itself as a poltergeist because you're kind of ignoring it and kind of corking this yeah. bottle that's, you know, popping out with all this yeah. <laughs> plasma pressure. It's like happens with people who don't normally or can handle um like emotions well um mm. and also if like you say you've got a haunted house poltergeist effects normally around one person if you take that person out of the house everything subsides you bring them back in it picks up again and you will find that all activity will focus around either two people that person itself or someone else close to that person then See, it subsides no. in six to six months to a year it normally subsides it only normally happens to young people but can happen to middle-aged people as well so that, there's that quite a lot me, into it that makes me kind of think about you know because because what's interesting about poltergeists and ghost hunting it seems to be for the most part you know very understood on the eastern co- like eastern side of the world like they understand spirits they have like feng shui and different arts that Mm. like kind of manage your relationship with the spirits whereas here you know on the more western side of the world we've kind of colonized a lot of places and kind of moved on to land that wasn't our ancestors land and i think with the whole house thing it's like what if those people like you said who are the the source of the weird paranormal activity what if they're kind of like a battery that gets activated when it puts itself when they when they're in a place like a haunted house which might have something with the land that's particularly energetic so like they're like a battery and you put it in its place and it just like turns everything on you know well that's one thing when people because i'd like used to investigate people's houses and one thing i used to do was give them a pen and like a notebook and said if there's anything that happens record it and try and record the weather the time and the date that's the best thing you can do to get a diary of things because then if it happens every night at eight o'clock you can think what's an environmental issue or something that's going on in your house there's loads of issues because there might be something else going on along with normality going on and if you're at that because like 
some houses I went to, people said, oh, and you brought all your equipment with you? And I was like, well, no, we're just going to talk about it. We'll come back, do a questionnaire. Then we'll come back and talk about the questionnaire and we'll go from there. Because normally you can solve it. We've just done three meetings. But if people are like, sort of, you know, if you take drugs and that and you do a Ouija board, you open your subconscious up, you hear a bang, that's a normal bang. But something weird does happen. Everything relates, which we come back to the beginning of the podcast, psychosomatic. If it's all psychosomatic and it just gets to me is everyone sees things before they go to sleep or when they wake up or halfway through the night. And there's something called, is it, uh, I've completely forgotten what it's called now. Um, it's where you wake up and wake well sleep paralysis is a different one because then you've got lucid dreaming you've got waking dreams and things like that i think it's psych is it hypnogonic or hip or hypnogonic where you go to sleep you're halfway through the dream yeah and you can hallucinate and you can hear things but it's not actually there you're dreaming while awake but it seems real like i went to someone's house and she said she woke up and saw a demon on a boyfriend's chest and this demon was a lizard so I'm very sceptical when people yeah. say, I'm not calling them liars, but I'm skeptical, like, sort of sceptical when people say, I oh, saw it, mate. It's much more, I mean, ghosts aren't going to wait on sort of took ghosts back and go, hey, it's that, let's scare them. If it's an active place, it's an active place, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. You're going on about the energy, which is probably classed as residual energy, which is, the, if, like, which is helpful, because if you've got a thunderstorm and it's high in electric, there's a theory in physics or beyond physics should i say which is paranormal obviously is where if it plays back a recording in time so if you see a roman soldier in a field or a, a soldier walking through a wall it's just a play back in time they're not there you're just watching a recording and it's also been reported that some people actually see themselves going into their own house so it's just a play back in time which is beyond so it's i think it's called the stone wall theory so I think water's good for it. If it's high in electric, it like, can record things. If it's high in motion, it can record things. And emotion can still stick to houses. Like if you've been into a house or a room and you felt a bad vibe from it or a bad vibe from a person, it's the same thing. We've just got these senses. It might not be a ghost, but it's still classed as paranormal. When people say it's paranormal, it's like it's not ghostly. A paranormal happening is just something beyond what we understand in the realms of science now and um physics yeah so well, like, oh, no we just oh, we just talked about on um on zero sam's spiritual podcast i was on as a guest and we talked about dr masaru emoto's study about how emotion has a physical recordable effect on freezing water and how you know you have different uh patterns you can create and record in the water based on the frequency of the thought or prayer or words that are exposed to that water while it's in this cold state where it creates these crystals. And, you know, just like you're describing, you know, the emotion is a huge factor in these kind of situations because your emotions are having a tangible effect on your environment. You know, anytime you speak a bad word, that word literally carries a sort of negative frequency, a negative pattern that travels out of you into the environment around you and vice versa. If you hear somebody curse or not even a curse, because you can say a curse word in a good way, you know, to tell a joke. But like, you know, you get what I'm saying. The emotion, the charge behind it is what um, what we're starting to learn here. And, and I think 
you know, like you described, like this hypnagogic state, you know, we have the alpha, beta, theta, delta brainwaves that our brain uh, can be conscious in. And we still uh, have a lot to learn in those fields of science. I mean, <laughs> the sad part is academia puts so much uh, money into materialism and this whole scientific materialism is that those uh, sciences are having, a, a, you know, catching up to do and i think that's happening you know now i mean i mean i'm i'm quite into lucid dreaming and i don't know if you lucid i mean like one technique that i've i've read i like read a really good book is like one thing is to keep a dream diary uh, and to do do a reality check and the reality check i do is i hold my hand out and i'll count my fingers one two three four five i don't do it like that but then i'll turn it around and count five and if I count five there and five there, I'm not dreaming. Because if you try it in a dream, you'll never count five. It'll always be six or eight. So like one of the th- so like one of the things is if you always see a black dog in your dream, that's what people say. Oh, I've always seen a black dog in like my dream, but I want to know what it means. One theory is that if you see a black dog in your waking, like reality, which is now see a black dog, do do your reality check. And every time you see a black dog, do a reality check. Then in turn, that will transpose to your dream world. You'll do your reality check. You'll know you're not dreaming. And then you wake up in like your dream. And then there's techniques to keep in your dream before. Because like once you know you're dreaming, you like come out and like you go out. But there's, I mean, there's books on it. it there's, I, I try to keep a dream diary but i just wake up and i can't be asked i'd like do it for literally do it for about three days to a week then i'm just not bothered i said i do it about 10 o'clock on sort of my work break and by the time i've even i've finished my breakfast or my first cup of coffee i've forgotten the dream yeah. <laughs> so being like because again keeping a diary of things you like can see a pattern of things coming up and then you yeah. can go back and go that's so strange yeah and it might be relating to something and you mentioned sleep paralysis. You'll you'll like probably notice everything that comes of ghostly things happenings. It always happens at nighttime. Near enough, it always happens at like nighttime. So it's more credible. And I'm not calling people liars, but it's more credible if it's maybe in the daytime. The thing with nighttime is it's the end of the day. We're all knackered. Our senses are like low. Our immune system's low. We've we've got low energy. We, we like can't be bothered. We're relaxing. We're very sensitive. It's like you wake up and you can hear a bang. How many times have you been falling asleep and you think you've heard the phone ring or someone shout your name and no one's there? That's part of the whole psychological thing of us. But people say, shit, I've got a ghost. And it's like, try not to worry. Write it down. And I tell you what, not one person ever wrote it down for me in a diary. And I was like, what's the fucking point of me trying to do anything? I'm like giving you the info. A pencil, pencil and pen in ghost something is probably the most important equipment because of like a pencil's not going to run out unless you're a big handed oof and snap the lead off. But you've got to keep a diary because then to the investigator will know, says, well, this looks like it's like happening at eight o'clock, like sort of every night, it's probably your pipes banging. But if it's random and things start happening, you're thinking we might have something. It's very rare to find a real, real haunted house. You'll probably find it's either residual energy or it's the person um, who's, I mean, like sort of, that box is a prime example. It's probably a horror fan who thinks they know a bit about witchcraft and loves Crowley and that and tried to do something. And it mm. probably means nothing, but the intent has been there. So it'd be the same. You've just got to, yeah, 
do you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. And I would say, you know, as far as lucid dreaming goes, um, I think I've got a lot of ways to go in lucid dreaming, but I just learned uh, the other day uh, through a meme that if you eat before bed, you're not going to dream because the whole night your body is digesting that food. So I think, you know, there's definitely... Oh, I don't know about that. No? Oh, well, no. I'm hearing it from the, from the guy who's lucid dream, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. And I, 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 I do know if you smoke weed or drink alcohol, that mm. suppresses your dreams because, like, they don't help you go to sleep. They're more of, like, a sedative. Especially if you smoke weed and you come off smoking weed, you'll have more vivid dreams. Hence why maybe I'm dreaming a bit more about the box because I've stopped smoking weed. I've been smoking it for a long, long time. And I thought it's some sort of psychic defence. So I've stopped it due to personal reasons and work reasons. Um, I've stopped for a while now. But then I've started dreaming more vividly. But if you look at it at a logical point of view, it's like, well, I've been studying that box for over a month and a half now. It's all you've been thinking about. It's in your subconscious. Your subconscious is such a powerful tool. You don't know how powerful it is. And that's why another thing on the subconscious is why people think you have deja vu because our subconscious goes into a collective consciousness. So you're experiencing someone else's maybe. Um, quickly about the weed, I know I'm flip, sort of flip-flopping, but going back to the Ouija board, there like, was an experiment um, where they did a Ouija board and it, ca- and it started coming out in French where no one knew French. But it turned out one person who was there was a cleaner and the person she cleaned for did a lot of business worldwide and he spoke French. So she subconsciously picked up on it. But if if I'm like, you're interested in subconscious diet experiments, have a look at something called the Philip experiment. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's where a no. group of people manifested a ghost. Oh, wow. Um, the, themselves. Then if you look at Michael Faraday, he disproved table tipping. Is that the, um, is that the one where they... They, because I have heard a study of they, they basically some you know academics invented a ghost. They said like, oh, it's this guy. He lived in the 1800s. His wife and you know, and then he committed suicide. And then like they put this kind of story out there, and they tried to see if people on their own would see this ghost, you know, like in their seances. Because I guess at the time seances were very popular, and what they found was that it was all just you know, a sort of placebo effect where they got the idea of this ghost somehow and then just kind of elaborated more and more and more until all the details were just completely fake, you know? Well, I like the Philip experiment, and it's like in the same book as the Ouija board book called Stoke. It's, and it's called a Ouija by Stoke Hunter. Um, like what happened there was they did a fictional story about him of his past life. And then it started coming up with bangs and knocks, one for yes, two for yes. But then they changed things in his fictional story, but it still matched to what he was doing. And it was called the Philip, like Philip experiment. Then from there, it's gone on to other people doing the same sort of experiment. So it goes to show it comes from the subconscious, the Ida motor effect. Michael Faraday did an experiment with table tipping where these table tippers were moving the table and everything. So he basically put a bit of glass on some reeds like rods and then another bit of glass and they all did that and he said if the table moves it's the spirits but if the sort of glass moves it's you guys doing it yep yeah okay sure enough the glass just moves and after that the cup 
they like couldn't do the effect again without the glass because they consciously knew their subconscious was doing it. Mm-hmm. So again, the subconscious is a yeah. powerful thing. So that I'm not advocating people to go and do a Ouija board because there might be that one percent you might get fucked up, but the evidence goes to show you can't really ask a Ouija board a question you don't know because if your subconscious always picks up on things, so who okay. knows? Who yeah. knows? But yeah, I am doing a video on the Ouija board and I'll probably do it on my own and just show people what it's all about. And I'm doing one on the pendulum as well. So you got to go down to one of those uh, cargo cults in the Pacific Islands and give them the Ouija board and see what they come. <laughs> You know, those people have no idea what's going on in the rest of the world. It's, I mean, it's so strange, and it's like, I don't know, it's just it's just life's so strange, and I think you've got to do what you think is right for yourself, as long as you're not hurting anybody mm-hmm. to do what you want to do. I know, and I had that idea before I even thought Cow, Cowley, Crowley came up with, with them, like, the whole thing, but at the end of the day, you've got to love and respect people, because I think that's what life is about is is unlike love because i you know we can't prove love's real we can't see love but somehow we feel it and you can't see a feeling can you we can't control our feelings so are we really in control of ourselves are we just a vessel that's this spiritual being in this shitty carbon body bullshit thing and we're just going around life but once we hit a higher stage it's like love love is the test i honestly believe i like used to be in the concept that it's like love is no such thing as called love it's like you can't prove it you're in love with someone then maybe 30 years later you're in love with someone else so was you really in love with that first person yeah who knows we'll all find out one day but like but like i honestly think what's going on with this virus is more of a spiritual war now than like anything else well, it's funny, you know, Chris Knowles was on the podcast uh, Tinfoil Hat yesterday. Uh, the episode just came out today. Chris Knowles, Secret Sun blog, fantastic conspiracy research. He pieces a lot of stuff together. But he was saying how, like, the ball's kind of rolling because they tried so hard with climate change to push this new world order. And, you know, people just don't buy it so now they have to do something another invisible thing that supposedly threatens the world a pandemic you know it's it's i mean we're going completely off topic and like it's something i wanted to speak about on like zero when i'm like you asked me on but it's it's all dynamic these like people with these face masks it's like it's just a lot more to it it's like it's just a symbolic thing it's, it's yeah. a scary image it's taken away our smiles it's taken away yeah. our enjoyment of life we've even got these things coming into the uk i don't know if you've got them yet is where you can walk up to a shop and this ar sensor sees you and if you're wearing a mask you can go in the shop and if you're not wearing a mask you can't go in and it's like um, what no i haven't seen and, that well they're being used in the uk and if no one believes it go check it out because yeah. a few shops are like sort of using that now and i'm putting a few things on my instagram stories and a lot of people now there's a lot of pushback against everything because it's like locking people down you can't go into wales i heard a rumor just like curfews coming in masks being worn everywhere you go it's like what's going on well you know the death rate's low 
So, and it's like, I mean, I know you've got a lot going on coming up in, like, November with Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's just 2020 is a mad year. And then even before 2020, November time, you had, was it Agenda 21? And then a few months later, you had this virus that's come from Wuhan. And it's like, well, the flu and pneumonia is still killing more people. Everyone's wearing a mask. The masks have been mandated here from the 24th of July in shops and Public transport was a bit before that, but our like sort of infection rate still going up. So masks aren't doing anything. But you see more and more people walking down the street in the cars with masks on. And I'm like, it's your choice because it it is your choice, and I respect your choice. This is why I've got the podcast, freedom of expression, freedom of speech. But I'm like, think about what's going on. Think about you're willing to take a vaccine and be it's hundred percent in my view, mark of the beast. And it's definitely coming, or if like not already here. Yeah. So I've just resigned I, uh, to the fact now. Yeah, I I actually, you know, one of the many reasons I quit my uh, past job as a Amazon delivery driver was because they were enforcing the masks when we were loading our vans in the summer when it's hot. You know, we're lifting all these boxes to load up our van and we got to wear a freaking muzzle on our face. And then in the middle of August, they come in and they have a a gun, a laser gun that points a laser at your head and tells you your temperature. Yeah. So I, I literally, you know, they were like, okay, we got to line up to take your temperature. I walk by the guy. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck this. I walked into the <laughs> warehouse. I got my boxes. The boss comes over. You can't, you know, I got scolded. I put up a big, you know, what to do. I was like, this is not America, you know, this is not the Constitution. You know, I got I got loud. All my coworkers heard it. And uh, my boss came over as I'm loading my van after the dust had settled. And he's like, listen, Mark, I agree with you 100 percent. But my boss is what I'm worried about, you know, and that's that's all it is, is is these people are, you know, are tied to this stupid set of rules because it's tied to their paycheck. And, you know, we're all living under this kind of corporate um, hierarchy of someone has a boss or someone has someone that they need to listen to. Otherwise, they lose their financial security. And I think that's a big reason why I got into podcasting. I'm sure it's a reason why you got into it is because I wanted to be my own boss. You know, I've had jobs where I was my own boss before. And uh, right now I'm doing Lyft and I'm doing my podcast and I'm working for Sam. And, you know, I, I, my day, I, I have my schedule ahead of me and, uh, you know, fuck Amazon. <laughs> well, I've still got a job and unfortunately my podcast isn't making any money, but I'm still going to plow on. I'm still plowing on because it's, you know, I, I like believe truth needs to be out there. How long we've got a podcast for, who yeah. knows. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, Joe Rogan's got a massive podcast. He's just gone to Spotify. That sort of, to me, I was like, well, we're that amount of money. Why didn't he just get his own platform, chip in with like Bobby Lee, Sam, and all the other podcasters yeah. and get a new pod? But why go to Spotify? Spotify's already kicked some of his like podcasts off. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like sellout, in like my view. And like, yeah, I, I used to listen to Rogan a lot, but I don't, yeah. I don't even listen to him no more. So, yeah, and it's and like it's not jealousy. It's like someone's got that amount of money. Why didn't they just open their own platform up? And I know how hard it is to get platform because I know brand new tubes just come out, which is an alternative to blue tube. You had BitTube and things like that. But someone with that power and that sway, 
could have done it. And it's like he's just gone from one devil to the next devil. Listen, I'll tell you what. It's not that hard because if you're from my area, you know about Gas Digital Network. You know about Gas Digital Podcast I, Network. Well, well, I've had Zach. I, I just had Zach and Miko on. I think it was oh, last okay. week or week yeah. before. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so, you know, Luis J. Gomez could figure out how to do a uh, his own platform. I think I think most people can. Luis J. Gomez, he's a cool guy, but he's not the brightest bulb. <laughs> I'll say that. No, it's, and it's like and it's like where Rogan's got the money. He's like got his brand. His brand is Joe Rogan. He yeah, just he opened his own. Could have just opened yeah. his own podcast platform. Said fuck you to everyone. Free speech, everything goes. Obviously, when people say free speech, we like know what free speech. We don't go into the paedophilic world, the rape world, or things like that because that's people, normal people, aren't like that. But yeah, well, those are people who are imposing their will against someone else. That's not you know those people no. trying to express themselves. They're they're expressing something that's not free. No, fuck that. No. <laughs> that that's true. Crimes against but, people. And that comes back to the masking issue. Mask. You're like mm. sort of yeah. saying you're doing as you're told. You're not going to speak out against us. It's all symbolic. I really do hope I'm wrong. And I really hope it is just a virus and they're doing it for the betterment of the people. But I don't think they are. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm I got I hate to say it. I've been on this road, like I said, for the past 10 years. And, uh, you know, I didn't trust Bush. I didn't trust Obama. I half trust Trump because he at least acknowledges conspiracy theories. But, uh, you know, I just I just I from the beginning of COVID, I knew it was all bullshit and I'm not going to, you know, you can ask my best friend. He, he heard me say it the, the second day of COVID March 14th, I made a t-shirt that says, uh, I'm sick of the coronavirus with of underlined. So, you know, I've been against the official narrative since, you know, a while I, ago. I, you know? I did a pot, I did a podcast on, I think it was the 10th and I think it got released on the 11th of March. And that was, is, is, uh, Mike, um, is the coronavirus e- like even real? Then a few weeks later, I did one, the biggest psyop ever known to man. Yeah. And it's like, it's maybe we are crazy. Maybe we're the crazy ones, but it's like, it's all fitting into place. It's like, if you don't have a vaccine, will you be restricted travel? It's like, it says in the book of revelation, no man will like sell or buy without a mark. I yeah. mean, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm prepared to go to a camp for it because no way am i taking a vaccine and i know i've got my faith it's not very strong but i've got faith in in, in god yeah. i mean i sort of shouldn't really say that because like i do try to read the bible every night now before i go to bed just the passage of it yeah. um but i think it's more of a spiritual war and like i think even i've nearly give up a few times i'll be honest with people these last two weeks i've nearly gone like give up and think i'm just going to go along with the narrative because it's so much easier it's it's like taking that red and blue pill. You like can go back and take the blue pill and just go into your Saturday nights when you was a kid, come home with your parents, have tea, watch a film and that. Just be closed off from society and believe whatever you want to believe, what the news is spilling out at you. But now you're getting into it. You read an independent podcast. Sorry, you listen to independent podcasts, reading independent flight reports, watching different news networks, reading between the lines. And it's like something is going on. 100% something's going on. Yeah. yeah and i gotta say you know uh what you just said really resonated with me because you know 
over the past year. I know it's been crazy for a lot of people, but some of the best things that have ever happened to me in my life have happened this year. You know, namely, uh, I started uh, hanging out on this farm like an hour away from where I live. And the people who own and run the farm, it's a family. And uh, the one of the daughters who I became friends with, the reason why I started hanging out there, she's very uh, religious. She's very pious. She reads the Bible. She's studying uh, ministry. She doesn't want to be a minister, oh. but she wants to be, you know, she wants to have the education of a minister. I don't think she's actually going to go forward and like start her own church or something like that. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, I've, I think God kind of has become way more real for me than it ever has this year. And I really, um, appreciate that because I was raised Catholic and, you know, really didn't vibe well at all with anything that happened, <laughs> you know, from, from CCD to, confirmation and all the things that you go through as a Catholic, it just made me kind of more atheistic than anything. And it wasn't until I started smoking weed and researching conspiracies and spirituality that I came back to the <laughs> in God, you know, and it's not the church. So. And I mean, I've just got, better. I mean, I've just got a new Bible like a couple of weeks ago and all the, it's got in the new Testament, all like the red light, all like the red light. All the red writing, that was a tongue twister, is Jesus talking and the rest isn't. And it's like, I'm not really interested in, like, the Old Testament because that's a bit of brimstone. And it's like, if you miss your babe, you're going to get fucked up. Sodom yeah. and Gomorrah. Then, so he chilled out a bit and went, you know what? I'm going to send my thumb down and I'm going to sacrifice him on the cross. And if you <laughs> do it wrong, it's still all right. I think, if, I think if you've got a good relationship with God, it's your own personal relationship. And you've got to answer to your relationship with God. It's and it's yeah. and it's like unthinkable where if we do something wrong, we'll be told off. And it's you just look at God as like maybe a parent and say, oh, "What have you done that for again?" We've you know we've talked about this. People might think it's crazy, but that's the way it is. Like I used to go to church. It was like a Christian church, and we used to have these cell meetings once a week to talk about things and learn a bit about passages and things like that. And like someone said, "Well, I pray to God on the toilet." But when I said that to someone, said it was disrespectful. And like that, that's, I've got a good relationship with God. And if I want to pray in the toilet, I will do. As long as you're getting closer to God, that's the main thing. Even if you think about, oh, I can't be bothered with the Bible. You're still reading the Bible. You're still getting that closeness with God. So it's all, you know, pray where you want to pray. Do what you want to do. But just don't hurt anyone and have a good relationship. But people need to wake up to what's going on now. Because if you're stopping going into shops... If you're going to take a vaccine, you really need a Bible. You Start reading your Bible, people, because yeah. it's, it's like getting crazy. I know people will say, well, if he reads the Bible, he's still doing like a Ouija board, this and that. I'm not contacting the dead. I'm showing people it's the idea motor response from a scientific point of view. And the box, I just collect weird stuff. I've got like, I've got, you know, I've got, I've got weird shit everywhere. Because it's something I just collect. I like ostrich eggs. I've got wet specimens. I've got shrunken head that's made out of paco skin. I've got medical instruments. I've got like old bullet shells and things like that. What else? I've got a dead head bath. I've got a puffer fish. I've got teeth. I just collect weird things, and that goes nice. And plus, I'm a massive horror fan as well. So I'm just a bit of a weird <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. I mean, those sound like a little bit of uh, everything. 
that I don't have, but I got a whole lot of crap that I, you know, I could list off in my room too. I'm very similar in that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, by the way, it's like a narrow knife. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been cool. So, if people wanted to find you, because it's a share cast, I don't know quite how it's going to all work. If people want to find me, just Google the Tim Biscuit podcast. That's all you got to do, and you everything will come up. So, you'll find my Instagram from there, Tim Biscuit Podcast. They'll find this. They'll find my YouTube channel. It goes on onto all. I think I've had one video taken off my YouTube. And that's when I've had a group called Stand Up X on, which are like the anti-mask protests and the anti-COVID protests. But they've been on. That one I got taken off. Touchwood, yeah. But yeah, I've only had one video taken off YouTube. But if you want to find me, just Google Tim Biscuit Podcast. What What about yourself? Well, I have a uh, website, myfamilythinksimcrazy.us. We're not a United States government organization. I don't know. If you thought U.S. was just the cheapest uh, thing you can get as far as a deepest domain. Yeah, but um, but yeah, my family thinks I'm crazy. U.S. has all the links to uh, our stuff. We're not really on YouTube. I had an old podcast that's on YouTube. You can find that. Uh, it's called the Bud Triangle. And then um, yeah, we're on Spotify and we're on Patreon. Patreon has some exclusive content, and I just got a my first patron actually yesterday uh shout out to alex sakaris from the skeptico podcast he has a, a really cool podcast out in san diego it's a pretty big podcast i'm honored that oh, he's cool. my patron but yeah i you know i reached out to him uh after he mentioned my name on tinfoil hat you know referencing what i talked about with alistair crowley and uh sure enough you know one thing led to another and now he's our first patron so go on there join join alex don't let him be uh lonely over there <laughs> you know, listeners who want to join the fun uh i i i got a patreon i, I have but i'll start selling merch on there hopefully next year um i'm never going to charge for my content ever i'd like understand why you guys are doing it i understand why sam's doing it and everyone else is doing it because all the comedy clubs are getting shut but i've got a donation and that's through the tin biscuit podcast three at gmail.com um and I've got two sponsors. I will mention them because I didn't mention them at the beginning. That's RuneSilk.com. That's a beard care company. RuneSilk.com and Tenga.co.uk. And that's an adult toy sex company. If you're putting, <laughs> if you're putting Tin Biscuit, that's Tin Biscuit, capital T, capital B. You get 10% off your first order, and that applies to both sites. So. I suppose if you, you know, you have a really cool beard and a really cool podcast, uh, beard sponsorship just comes along with the territory, huh? Well, right, <laughs> so it's funny, it's the same guy who does the sex toy company and the beard company, so yeah. you can have a posh wank while having a cool-looking beard. Win-win situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. I got to grow my beard out a little more before I get <laughs> Do that. Go to roomsilk.com and put put in tin biscuit capital t capital b and you'll get 10 percent off roomsilk.com yeah Ooh, and man. the japanese it's like actually a japanese sex toy company but he's got the english part or like the english part of it so Perfect. it's all cool beans sweet well hey man this has been awesome i'm uh I'm yeah glad. it's been ace anytime you want to come back on anytime yeah. you want to chat like like, anyone is welcome on like my podcast anyone from the right side the left side black yellow brown pink blue you're all welcome on 
So anyone who wants to argue, I'll bite Sam a weirdo. Come on the podcast. Don't do it over like the shitty way people keyboard warrior then like block you. Just come on the podcast and we'll have a discussion about things because that's how humans, both sides need to be aired. And that's one of the reasons I've got this because, you know, it's 2020. So we need to start fresh. 2021 is where we do the pushback. Hell yeah. I agree with that one. We're all God's warriors, so you know we we like need to be as one. Amen. Sweet. Right then, I'm off to get another cup of tea, and um, I'll give you a. Me- if like, you can message me all your details, and I'll do that, and we'll sort out the descriptions and that when everything goes on. Cool. Cool beans. All right then. Catch you soon. All right. Peace out, bro. All right. Cheers, dude. Bye. The Tim Biscuits Podcast.